Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 48 of the Zoomer Sports Radio. And I'm joined by a special guest for today's podcast. He was a starting pitcher for the 2022 Regional Championship, Glenbard West Hilltoppers. He's a Division One pitcher at UCF right now. Honestly, the kid's my best friend. P- ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kyle Rossi onto the show. Hello. I'm excited to be here. What up, Kyle? So this actually isn't even your uh, first appearance on Zoomer Sports, is it? No, it isn't. Uh, last year came on for some college football talk. Yeah, so last year I did like three college football shows or so. where it was just me and I would take on callers. And Kyle actually was, uh, what, 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 where did we call you? We said you were from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, yeah. And you gave your picture of the Iowa-Iowa State game, which yeah. lost. It, yeah, it did lost. <laughs> It did lose. All right. We are now joined by Kyle from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kyle, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, I want to talk about some college football betting. All right. It would have won this year because Iowa sucks. Dude, they lost to Illinois yeah. yesterday, nine to six. Perfect Big Ten game right there. Dude, nine dude, to six. Wor- wor- worst offense in the entire like NCAA. Iowa. How about Illinois? Illinois being ranked for the first time in a Illinois years. five and one. Shout out like Will McKinnon's team. He told me I didn't I didn't think he was being serious at first, but he told me before week one when they play who'd they play? Like Indiana and they lost. He's like, We're winning the Big Ten West this year. Look they at controlled the destiny. They they are number one right now. Them in Minnesota. Yeah. And they play each other next week. You know, so shout out shout out Money McKinnon for that. And this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the official ticketing sponsor of Zoomer Sports. If you're ever looking for tickets to a sporting event or concert, use SeatGeek. And at checkout, use promo code ZoomerSports. All capitalized. David Kaplan, how do you spell that? Zoomer Sports. Z-O-O-M-E-R Sports. Use that code for 20% off your purchase of the tickets. Thank you, you SeatGeek. Possibly the worst ad read of all time on the spot right there. (laughs) It doesn't hey, matter. We have sponsors now. So shout out SeatGeek. Go use SeatGeek. And anyway, let's get the podcast on the road. So Kyle, we're, we both grew up in the same town, same high school of Glen Ellen, Illinois. And um, how did you get introduced to the game of baseball? And like, how did you uh, fall in love with it at a young age? I mean, it was kind of like always like the sport. I mean, my dad played it. He played in college. He played at UConn. Um, and then he actually yeah, played yeah. in Australia when he lived there for a few years. And um, it was yeah, just kind out, of always Shout out thing. Ed. Yeah, got to love him. Uh, Dude, uh, but yeah. Best t- by the uh, a little sidetrack here before I let you finish. Best TikToker right now is Bourbon Taster on oh, TikTok. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to <laughs> be. He said he's is, coming for 5K. Which is Kyle's dad. Uh, he reviews a bunch of whiskey and bourbon on TikTok. And it is a sight to see. I'll link it in the description. And show an overlay here but you definitely get a follow shout out edros hey bourbon tiktok here's my favorite pour of the week fox and owen batch three out of illinois here we go yeah but i mean pretty much that was always the sport like where it was like it wasn't even a question like that was just what I was going to play. And there was other sports that I played as well, but I mean, that was always the first sport that I loved. Yeah. So uh, we actually first met each other through uh rebels, which your dad uh, led the, or ran that program. And 
me being a little five two uh short kid, probably weighed like a hundred pounds, being on the B team every year. Uh oh yeah. And you were on the A and we you know, I always had those inner squads, but that's how we met and so we became friends freshman year, second semester during yeah. that uh baseball, during uh freshman baseball. And mm-hmm. dude, I, I don't know but summer going into junior year, you quit football. And you were a stud football player, linebacker, quarterback, wide receiver. You could do everything. You had schools like Iowa and Northwestern look at you. What decision made you to quit that, quit to pursue the dream of the NFL and college football to become a pitcher, PO, and just specialize in baseball? I mean, I really always loved playing football. I mean, there was a time where I loved playing football as much as I did baseball. But it got to a point where my sophomore season – Actually, towards the end of the football season, I broke my right thumb and tore some ligaments in it. And and still played with it. <laughs> yes, I played with the club for the rest of the year. But um, it got to that, and I was like, do I really want to do this? Versus, like, am I sacrificing part of my baseball career if I do this? Like, at that point, would my time better be spent focusing on baseball? Like, would that help myself better? And I thought it would. So I made a decision. I've never looked back. I mean, looking at it now, it seemed to be a perfect decision. Uh, you could say a similar thing happened to our friend Ryan Renfro, who was a big quarterback coming up. Uh, he moved to Allen, Texas, was getting looked at by TCU and SMU. Look at him now. He played basketball, was on the greatest team in Illinois high school sports history, and now is balling up in West Point. So, like, similar yeah. situation here. But uh, I, this is a little question about kind of like that, how you chose to specialize in baseball. What age do you think – kids should choose like to be baseball only or just pursue only baseball or should they keep playing multiple sports because like me I was kind of forced into a can't or forced into a cage being like baseball was the only sport I was good enough to play but like you you could have played basketball you could play football you could have been a track star like what should drive kids to specialize in baseball I mean I think the specialization is all based on your situation like I mean you look at Aaron Judge and they say like oh, he was like three sport, all state, you know, like all kids should play all sports. But like Aaron Judge would have been good at any sport he played. He probably would have been like an amazing uh, player at any sport he chose. Like there's other kids though, who they need to specialize. Like they, like Moody, you're not the most athletic kid. Like if you were playing, (laughs) if you were playing football, baseball and basketball, you probably would have been pretty bad at all three. But like you became a really good baseball player because you were able to specialize at that. That doesn't mean that kids who are 12 years old should be specializing. I think once you get to your like sophomore year of high school, uh, that's when you should probably, you can start to make a decision. Well, I mean, look at how I was built body wise. I would have gotten destroyed on a football field, even though, even though Chad Hetlett asked me to be a slot receiver, maybe five times during that, our team sports class junior year. And I was just in basketball. One, we had an all D one starting lineup. Two, I'm, I mean, you saw you weren't on that team, but you saw my Y ball team sophomore year. I was a six one center. And I was thinking six yeah. one then. I was like five eight, five <laughs> eight center. And how many five eight centers do you know in the NBA or in college basketball? I don't know. I mean, the shortest like big guy ever was like Charles Barkley, and he was still like six five. Exactly, that answers your question. It just doesn't exist. Basketball wasn't my thing. I also can't shoot to save my life. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh, shut up, dude. 
Shut up. <laughs> He's poking at my... Hey, I, I will say. You scored uh, on Braden Huff. I did do that. I was going to bring <laughs> up how uh, I beat you in fungal golf every single practice. Was going to bring that up. It's not my thing. <laughs> you're, you're a PO. You got to got to get that down. But like, who's your biggest role model growing up and like MLB player you idolized? Oh, it was 100% David Ortiz. Um, that really? was just my favorite player. You're not yeah. even a pitcher? No. I mean, uh, he's not even a pitcher? Yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up, that was just always my favorite player. I remember his uh, grand slam to tie the game. And I think it was the oh, eighth inning epic. of the, the ALCS. Yeah. And like, just that like image in my mind of, I think it was Tory, Tory Hunter yeah. flying over the wall. And then like the, the police officer with his hands <laughs> in the air. That's like one of my favorite moments ever. And like when the Red Sox won in 2013 and 2018, well, he wasn't there in 2018, but like that 2013 team, that was right when I was like growing up. And so this is our city. Yeah, and no one's going to dictate yeah, the, our freedom. Yeah, I mean, so he was kind of always my favorite player. This is our city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Thank you. And then uh, was he also your role model then too? No, no, Ed Rossi there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, my dad always looked up to him just his ability to like. Uh, like kind of how he was able to play in college and you always worked hard. But I mean, I got to say like Dave Ortiz was just my favorite <laughs> player ever. And I, that was the guy I always looked up to. I will got to say there's no two minds. I've met more passionate about baseball than you and your dad. I've been in your <laughs> house and you guys have gotten into screaming matches over Salvador Perez's just worthy of being a baseball player. Just was worthy of a catcher. Yeah, I mean, Salvi, you can't say he's not a great catcher, but, I mean, saying he's a good defensive catcher is wild to me. But, um, yeah, we have passionate arguments, but, I mean, it's all about baseball and it's all in good fun. I know. That's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like you guys sound like you're, like, like, extremely upset with each other when you're just, like, arguing over if a guy's a good, if a guy's good at framing. It's, it's wild, <laughs> but I love you guys. It's it's hilarious. So going into more of the high school season, uh, what what things uh, have you learned from college that you would like to see more implemented in our high schools for baseball wise? And you can uh, use Glenbar West example, our program. And then what stuff you like kind of miss from the high school days? I mean, yeah, think about that. So the stuff, I'll start with what I miss. I mean, I kind of like the freedom of high school practice just like kind of being able to mess around and had a certain freedom there. Um, well, like that's us just playing the PO golf. life of being a high school varsity PO. Yeah. But Dude, even, <laughs> even, I'm, even I miss those days a lot. Yeah. And those were just really fun. And also just having, being able to play with people that you grew up with, I think is a certain thing that you don't get in college. Um, but things that I like in college, I mean, I think the attention to detail is absolutely insane. I mean, our pitching coach, Nick Adi, does a great job with like everything that we do as a purpose. And he like explains that purpose to us so that we really buy into what we're doing. And so I think the buying at the college level is uh, really amazing. No, no mention of Ricky Diesel and what you miss. Oh, no, that's <laughs> the number one thing I miss. Ricky Diesel, uh, probably 
definitely up there with the favorite baseball coaches of all time, just as a person. Dude, just, just because of top five people I've ever met, Rick Dizinger. Yeah, he's got to be up there. He's just <laughs> the best. Yeah, I mean, buckle that chin strap. The ball across yeah. the alumni stripe. Regional finals today at 10. Be there. Time to buckle the chin strap. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Dude, and one, th- one thing I miss about high school baseball is just like having that, like that sense of a team of like, like, so like, well, let's, let's talk about our junior year team was way different than our senior year team. Yeah. Based on the fact that our senior year team pretty much, I'd probably say 90% of the guys on that team bought into the team. Junior year, probably say only the juniors, honestly, a handful of seniors. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a different feeling the senior year. Um, I mean, I still love the junior year team. I love all those Oh, yeah, guys. it was awesome. It was really fun and a really fun baseball season. But, I mean, I think senior year we had such a senior-heavy team that those were guys that I've all grown up with. And, like, you as well, like, it was so much closer, like, much more close-knit. Oh, yeah, like. Lago, Nolan, Jack, Billy, Trevor, like all these guys that we had played Rebels with and grown up. It, it's just like, it's something I do miss a lot. It's just like, it was just another way to get to know people, I, I guess you could say. Like, like, I know stuff about, like, I'll use Jason Valdez for an example. He's a juniors in the grade below. Like, I've gotten to know Jason Valdez really well without baseball. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even known the kid. So, like, it's just yeah. like wild, like what baseball can do, and then like, just like I got, I got to shout out Schultz for like this. So just like the way he brought our team together this year was phenomenal, in my opinion. And honestly, we probably could have made it down to Joliet if Nolan doesn't go to Italy. But like, yeah. let, we'll we'll just leave that there. Yeah, I mean, I think Schultz did an amazing job. I mean, I think he knew that uh, our junior we, year that we weren't really as close knit. And I think oh, like, we weren't having but that. like talent wise, our senior year team, like could arguably be like one of the most talented senior classes in Glenbard West baseball history. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about the recruiting process for you, Kyle. So obviously what you, you committed at the beginning of junior year to UCF. Yeah, oct- October of my junior year. Talk about the recruiting process for you as a freshman all the way to a senior, just like, how it happened, what you have to do, and, like, how teams contacting you, all that for maybe some of the kids and parents out there who might be going through very similar processes in the baseball world very soon. Yeah. So my freshman and sophomore year, I actually was only contacted for football. Um, uh, Like schools like Iowa and um, Northwestern were the only schools that I was contacted by for any sport, and it was for football. Um, But then my – Summer going into my junior year, I had gained a lot of velo, and I went out and to some tournaments in Georgia, and I threw really well, got up to like 91, and that's when everything happened, and it was like, it was like the snap of the finger, and it was just schools from all over the country wanting to call me and stuff like that, so it kind of was very rapid for me, so I would say the first time I talked to a school was probably late June. And I was committed by that October. So it was very rapid for me, which I know isn't the deal for everybody else. But I mean, I really enjoyed my recruiting process. It kind of started with, I pitched in Georgia, talked to a bunch of schools. 
and then I went up to the PBR futures games, um, which was the COVID year. So we weren't back in Georgia. We were up in, um, at the rock, uh, in Milwaukee, I think it is. Um, and I pitched really well there. And that was when it really exploded from there. So just like go, go more in depth. So like, say you just got the six, six, eight start, eight strikeouts, one run given up, like, what goes on in those conversations where the coach comes up to you after a game? Yeah, so my, I actually never had a coach come up to me after the really? game because coaches coaches weren't allowed to go to games during COVID. So that happens a lot more now, but mine was way different because coaches couldn't go to games. They would watch it on live streams. And so, like, after I pitched in Futures games at The Rock, I remember, like, I got in the car to drive home, and it's a two-hour drive home, and it's just coaches, like, calling and texting you because they give out your information on the live stream. And I was just getting calls from different schools, just like, Hey, we thought you pitched really well. And they wanted to set up future calls to like, get to talk about like their program and stuff like that. And I mean, it was all very new to me at that point. What do you think kids could do high school, freshmen, sophomore and juniors to, to increase their chances to get uh, recruited, not only by division one schools, but by D3, <coughs> JUCOs, all the whole shebang. I think the number one thing that kids have to focus on, and I, it's pretty obvious, but is you have to be good enough. Like you have to put in the work to have some tools that school, schools want to look at you. Like for hitters, it's going to be, you have to have elite tools to play at a high level. So you have to be either be extremely fast. You have to be able to hit the ball harder than everybody else. Or you have to be able to like hit for average and like better than anybody else. And for pitchers, you either have to throw the ball harder than everybody else. You have to make the ball move more than everybody else. Or like you have to have something that you're elite at. And then after that, it's just marketing that elite skill. So whether it is like tagging flat ground app on Twitter, which is like uh, kind of like a reposting platform where they'll repost whatever you post and college coaches will be able to see that. Or whether it's going to showcases. And I'm not the biggest fan of showcases in terms of like going to multiple ones, but like going to a PBR showcase or a perfect game showcase once just to get your name out, like to get kind of like your stats on your profile, I think can be very beneficial. And then the last thing is just playing in tournaments where coaches are going to be there. Yeah. So like uh, those tournaments uh, would be like uh, East Cobb, perfect game down in Marietta, Lake Point in yep. Georgia. Well, yeah. like those are just like perfect game in PBR, like the, the tournaments you want to be at if you want to get looked at <sighs> these elite level coaches. I mean, yeah, I think the main places are um, perfect game up in Cedar Rapids. That's a place where there's oh, a lot of dude. <laughs> in don't, Iowa. don't 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 you don't even speak twice about perfect game Cedar Rapids. I mean, we all know the story about how I shut down the Hawaiians there. Yeah, at, at Colonels. So that's a really good tournament. There's Got that call from Co College, man. That was, that's the that's an elite baseball school. Oh yeah, that's a, you got Ole Miss number one. Like Vanderbilt number Co College right there number three like it's, it's right up there, <laughs> uh, and then you've got like Grand Park in Indiana, which is I mean up there with some of the best facilities I've ever seen, um, and there'll be a lot of schools at every tournament there, and then you've got obviously Lake Point and East Cobb, which are the two like big ones, and then you've got like Hoover Met and Jupiter, which is actually happening right now, which is down in uh, Alabama and Florida respectively, I believe. So you obviously chose Central Florida UCF. What made you go there? Why, like, why did you choose that one? And what other offers did you have? 
I mean, I really clicked with the coaches. And as you're talking about Rick Dezingle, I mean, he knew Coach Lovelady from uh, one of my, one of his uh, former players played under him at Wright State. And he really enjoyed it and had nothing bad to say about him. And uh, once I heard that, I, because I really trusted uh, Coach Dezingle. And once I heard that, yeah, I knew that was a good recommendation, and I really liked the coaches, and uh, obviously Nick Adi, the pitching coach, I really clicked with him, and I, I agreed with a lot of his philosophies, and he was really challenging me to see how good I could be, and so that, that really clicked, and I mean, like, it came down, like, money is also a deal, like, they gave me a good offer, so, like, it all worked out from that point. Some of the other schools I was talking to, um, Kentucky uh Miami of Ohio uh, I was talking to Duke and um like some other school like Illinois uh Indiana Cincinnati uh just a bunch of schools around uh Iowa uh Creighton um I feel like I'm forgetting a bunch of schools but then just some other mid-major small major low major schools like Lipscomb things like that um that was pretty much it, but I, I really thought UCF was the best fit for me, and so far as I can tell, it has been. Who would you like to credit for helping you along on your journey to getting to UCF the most, you would say? <clears throat> I mean, number one thing has got to be my parents. Um, they've supported me this entire way, um, and without them, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I have. And after that, I would probably say um, all my friends, they really supported me. Um, I know Moody, he really pushed me to be better. And as much as he would like to say, I pushed no, him. No, you, you pushed me to be better. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I'm not all conference senior year without you. Like anyone who read the Glenbard West blog knows that. Yeah, you know, shout out that blog. Plug, plug the yeah. blog. Link in the description. 2022 Glenbard West season, a season to remember. The greatest writing work I've ever done through my four years <laughs> of high school was on this it's blog. It's read. <laughs> it, it really is like i get i get really uh truthful and heartfelt with it and i appreciate yeah. it but yeah go on uh, but like I, not just me it was obviously renfro nolan jack yeah i mean during covid uh when quarantine first started me and ryan renfro we would work out in my garage and like he re- made me really enjoy getting better shirts off mandatory of, man sh- yeah shirts off mandatory i, I forgot um, that was even one of our things yeah, like I, I completely forgot about that too. Dude, first yeah. semester senior year was wild. Yeah, it was wild. Um, but apart from that, I have to thank uh, my trainer, uh, my my first trainer, which was Tom Hackamer. Um, he's with the Mets right now. He's recovering from Tommy John. He's in AAA with the Mets. Um, I kind of did remote training with him throughout COVID, and that went really well. I mean, I trained with him for about a year and a half. Um, and then Anthony Gomez and the guys at PRP, those guys really helped me. Like they, I didn't start working with them until after I had committed, but they really helped me achieve my, like take that extra step to get better and really focus on everything. And I can't thank those guys enough for what they've done as well. And then obviously all my coaches, um, the guys at elite baseball training, they did a great job with getting my name out there and really supporting me throughout everything. And then, uh, Obviously, Coach Schultz and Coach Dezingle for helping me throughout my high school baseball career, too. Hell yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. I, I like that. So you're at UCF now. What are, what are the vibes there? And, like, take us through, like, a, 
a typical day in the life of a Division One pitcher? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it here. It's a lot of fun. Florida's a lot different for me, but uh, like a typical day, I'll take you through my Mondays because they're usually like the busiest. So um, I would wake up. I get to sleep in on Mondays or previously, not anymore, but I would usually wake up around like eight, eight-ish, and I'd go to our student-athlete nutrition center, get some breakfast, and then I have a 9.30 chem class that I would go to. That goes until 10.30. Go back to the room, uh, get some more food, uh, go back to the student-athlete center for some lunch at 11.15-ish, uh, and then I'd go to the field, and I'd start working out around 11.45, 12, and that's when I would throw my bullpen. So I'd warm up, throw, throw my bullpen, uh, do some post-throw work, do our arm care testing. So we have these arm care sensors that pretty much measures the amount of force you're putting into a wall. So we do a bunch of tests with those to just make sure it's like we use it as a pre-test to see where we're at and make sure we're improving over time. And then as a post-test to see how much we like how much strength we lost and how fatigued we are. And I'll throw my bullpen. And then after that, I'll lift. Um, and once I finish lifting, I'll go to another class, um, which is at 430. That's a lecture class, which is 430 to 7. So it's kind of long. And I would have one of my uh, hours for one class. <clears throat> yeah, it's split up that into like sucks. two things. That it, sucks. Is it one, it's of, long. Is one of a lab? No. So it's 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 like a symposium class because I'm in the honors college. It's like a required oh, that's right. class. You're smarter, than, like, you're smarter than goddamn Albert Einstein. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's kind you, of like you, you just showing up to miss cooper's class not studying for a single test oh oh missed one question 98 me me studying my ass off 82 i'm so happy with that but i'm like man yeah. you you and Caden pierce just the most naturally smart people i've ever met <laughs> yeah uh but then so that class it's, it's 4 30 to 5 50 of like a they kind of try to give you like the skills to like I don't know, be successful outside once you graduate. So, and then from six to six fifty is like a breakout session within that class. And then I have uh, one of my roommates grab me dinner from the student athlete nutrition center. Cause it doesn't open till four 30, which is my class. And then after that class ends, I have mandatory study hall from seven to nine. So I'd eat my dinner at study hall. And then like after that, I go to sleep when I get back. So do you have study hall every night? No. So Monday is our mandatory day where it's seven to nine. Like you have to be there. But then after that, you just have to get eight hours total throughout the week. And those two hours count. So after that, you just have to get six hours throughout the week of being checked in to study hall. What role do you see yourself um, on the team as a freshman this year at UCF? I mean, honestly, we just started inner squads and I just want to be in whatever role I can. Obviously, I want to play the most, but help the team the most mainly. Um, I'd love to get as many innings and whether that's in a long relief, short relief, uh, starter role, any of that. Like, I just want to get on the field and play as much as possible. But I'm really excited and uh, I think I can help the team in whatever way I can. What are, what are the what are the biggest perks of being a Division One athlete? It's got to be the food. I've seen the food halls at like some of the other dining halls that uh, students go to and it is just not, it's like, it's all right, but. Have you seen one of the photos of the chicken here at Clemson I, sh I sent? I haven't. 
Uh, but oh, like, dude, it's pink. It's 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 uh medium rare. It's rare oh, chicken. Medium rare chicken. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> but we get like, it's it's really nice. We get all you can eat, like steaks, stuff like that. You can order your own food from a kiosk, or they have a hot bar, which is like really nice. And I, that's really the best part because I love eating, and so that's probably the biggest perk. Uh, well, how how's the merch? How's the merch there? How much merch do you get? Merch? Uh, <clears throat> so we had we got two shirts, two pairs of socks, two pairs of shorts in the summer, um, and then we got a pair of turf shoes, a pair of game cleats, a pair of running shoes a pair of lifting shoes and another pair of running shoes. Um, and then another pair of lifting shoes. Uh, so we have like two lifting shoes, cleats, turfs, two pairs of running shoes, um, three, two workout shirts, uh, two workout shorts, practice shirt, two practice shirts, two practice shorts, uh, practice pants, uh, just a bunch of stuff hats obviously yeah i got lost you've gloves. been naming so much stuff i got lost yeah and then custom gloves uh those haven't come in yet but uh you have to customize your own like pro preferred whatever you want uh heart of the hide um, man your life must be brutal man just, just yeah a free, just a free rollings glove like that yeah they're like 500 dollars. it's pretty nice <laughs> And then how how are the facilities? How are the baseball field or how are the baseball <clears throat> facilities training wise? And then how's the physical stadium itself? I mean, <clears throat> I really like our stadiums because everything is like right there. So uh, if you walk into our facility, you have your our nutrition room, like right on the left, right there. And then all the coaches' offices are there too. And then as you keep going, there's our train. We have our own training room, our own weight room. Um, which a lot of teams on campus don't have here. So those are really big because, like, instead of having to go to, like, halfway across campus to go to a weight room to lift, like, we kind of have our own uh, weight room right there, which kind of allows us to do different stuff in terms of, like, recovery as well and warm-up stuff as well, being able to use the weight room to warm up and things like that. And then we have our locker room. And then as soon as you walk out of the locker room, we have our batting cages and, like, pitchers, uh, warm-up area which is all right there and so it's very compact like in terms of like where everything is placed so everything you need is right there and it's really awesome and uh, the stadium itself it's really beautiful we have a brand new scoreboard in right center field it's pretty huge uh, and I can't wait to see it like fully packed obviously because that would be a lot different but I really love the stadium what's the name of the stadium uh, it's John Juliano Park. John Juliano Park? Yes. All right. So, guys, if you want to go see Kyle and the rest of the UCF Knights play baseball at John Juliano Park, download the SeatGeek app and use code ZoomerSports, all capitalized, for 20% off on your tickets to go see the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Rossi, either pitch or choose sunflower seeds in the bullpen. Both are very good options. So, <laughs> yeah. download, the, download the SeatGeek app. <laughs> Just another, just another great ad read right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> got to get them in. You've been talking about all the glamours and awesome things about being a D one athlete, but like, what's the hardest part about being a D one athlete? And like, what do you kind of miss uh, 
from home being over a thousand miles away? I mean, I definitely miss all my friends at home and my parents and stuff like that. Just not being able to go home for weekends kind of tough because a lot of the guys I here are from agree Florida. On that. So they can just go home for a weekend because a lot of the guys, they'll live in like either Tampa or like Boca Raton, which are like an hour and a half and three hours away. So really it's not that bad for them, but not being able to go home is huge. But definitely like the hardest part of this is just like, there's a lot of work you have to do. And if you really don't love your sport, you're not going to have fun at all. And you're going to hate it because you've got team meetings, you've got weights, you've got practice, you've got pre-practice stuff. You've got post-practice stuff. You've got uh, like, you have to fit, uh, study like for pitchers, you have to study your metrics and things like that and do scouting reports and things like that. And it's really a lot. And so it's definitely a lot more work, but you, you just have to love it. Let's talk about your pitch arsenal and your mechanics. I'm going to let you go in depth on that. All right. So I've got a fastball. I'm kind of like a low slot, uh, low three quarters ish, uh, four seam fastball change up slider been working on a little slurve type pitch um my best pitch is probably my slider it really gets a lot of movement and it stays up really well so it's a straight sweeper and my fastball really works well up in the zone because i'm able to get some vertical break from my low arm slot so like when i throw instead of my hand being here and spin the ball on its side my wrist is like kind of here which is really like kind of unorthodox. I don't know how I do it, but that kind of helps me get more backspin. So it plays up in the zone better. Um, and then my changeups kind of, it's been a work in progress for a while. I throw like a split grip. I wish I had a ball that I could show you, but um, hold up. I actually do. I mean, I got a ball too. So I've got some, you think you're special? I got, I got my I got my high school glove and a ball ready to go. I could uh you see see Kyle likes to say um that he wouldn't be where he is today without me, but legit I wouldn't I would be nowhere near as good. I wouldn't have been all conference, just like to put that out again. Uh all conference. <laughs> Plug. Uh, this is this is this this is a slider Kyle taught me to throw and then the splitter, which were my two main strikeout pitches. Like remember the Hinsdale game when Ben Oosterbond struck out on my splitter that almost hit him. Yeah, like we we, re- we remember that we we don't we don't like to talk about the f- the final of that game. Oh but... yeah, that was a little asterisks on that final. Here, um, yeah, yeah. Let's uh get back to your pitching mechanics. We'll we'll talk more about Gumbar West baseball a little bit towards the end of the show. But go back to your pitching mechanics. So I'll go through my pitch grips, and then I'll like kind of go through my mechanics. So my four seam fastball is pretty basic. Kind of hold it like that. Kind of just very normal. My slider is probably one of the weirdest slider grips. What are you what are you writing down? Show your grip. Uh, I'm taking notes. My slider is really weird. So I kind of I wedge my pointer finger, like right, my pointer finger right here. I kind of wedge that, kind of like that, and then I hold it everything else as loose as possible. And then when I throw. I'm just trying to think, like, stay behind it and, like, kind of spin it like a basketball with my pointer finger right there. Uh, my changeup is a split changeup grip. I hold it like that. 
my hands aren't big enough to hold it like that. That looks painful. <laughs> it's really not painful. I'm pretty used to it. But and then I just throw it normal, and it it splits out of my hand like that and gets kind of spin like that. And then my curveball, more like a slurve type pitch. It's a pretty – this one's probably my most normal. It's just a spike curve. Spike it. Bring my thumb up a little bit. Kind of up on this, up on this lace right here, and then I just try to, just try to match my arm slot and really pull it across. Um, and you want me to show you like my pitching mechanics? I mean, like you just talk about them because like you 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 take you take a lot of pride in your pitching mechanics. Like uh, the elbow, like you talk like elbow up uh, on the on the backside, not like you don't want to like hear. Oh uh, yeah, I mean like. I, I like my mechanics. I've been working on them. I think the way I've got my mechanics to work is really through just like self-organizing, you know, kind of giving myself the task of throwing the ball as hard as I can at a target and letting my body self-organize around that and kind of let it problem solve. Like there's this task that I have to do. I have to throw this ball as hard as I can at that mitt. And I really just trust myself that my body will organize over time to get better at doing that. And I think the body's really smart in its ability to do that. So some of the things that like kind of stand out in my mechanics is I really get like flipped up. Like if my shoulders are here, my arm will get flipped up way back here and then it'll come through. So it's very whippy from that standpoint. Got a pretty high leg kick. I'll send you a video that you can put in. All right. I can uh, just look at some of your TikToks. Like no, they it's changed a little bit. We'll have it really? the most accurate version. I mean, not a lot, but they're a little different. Um, Probably a little better, I would say. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then I come kind of out here with it. Very, I kind of like my mechanics a lot. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And one one last thing about college before we hit into some other segments is um how is uh the nil uh, uh pr- process uh worked with ucf and baseball and uh you're obviously somewhat kind of big on tiktok should be posting more i don't know what the hell you're doing but yeah you you were on that tiktok ground for a while but just how is the nil um uh just what have been your uh processes with the nil this so far at UC- at ucf so there's like a big emphasis on that. So we kind of have a team deal with uh, Fanatics to get our jerseys. And so that's like, that was my first go, NIL deal. Go buy that Kyle Ross jersey. Yeah, number 27. Uh, that yeah, you can so wear to John Alunio Park with your SeatGeek Zoomer Sports. <laughs> Are you continue? Uh, John Uliano Park. Good, I'm never right? going to pronounce that. Right. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of our first deal. Um, there's a bunch of, there's some other guys who have like Cole Russo is on the team. He has a pretty large TikTok following and like, I know he gets a lot more NIL deals, but they, they kind of, they do a good job of informing us on like how we should approach it. And they have, um, like they have people that you can go to with your NIL contracts to make sure that, you know, it's a good deal and that you're not getting scammed out of anything. Cause it's kind of like it's kind of like the wild west right now. There's not many regulations. So athletes can almost get like screwed over at some point. So definitely being able to have people that we can turn to and be like, Hey, is this a good deal? Like, am I getting screwed out of anything? You know, being able to do that is huge. 
And how, how are the guys and how are your teammates uh, in the locker room and all that? How just how, how are you liking UCF, uh, like the physical, your teammates? Uh, I really love all our teammates, um, all my teammates. Uh, it's a really fun group of guys. Uh, getting to know the freshmen over the summer, I've gotten a lot closer with them um, and my roommates as well. But I think we have a really good thing going in terms of like everybody's always having fun in the locker room really no terms of fights or anything like that. And I think it's a really good time um, with all the guys and they all want to work hard and they all want to get better. And I think that's huge. And um, we all have fun together out on the weekends and it's a really good time. Like, you know, that it's a good team when people are wanting to hang out with each other on the weekends and wanting to do things with each other and not just be with each other during practice and things like that. Yeah, good, good to know there's no Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situations. With the, <laughs> yeah. With the UCF baseball program. No, no punches being thrown. <laughs> before we before we shift to the final two segments of this podcast, Kyle, I want to go back to uh, high school again. So let's talk about, obviously, your junior season didn't go the way we all anticipated to, wanted to, or expected to. You had just committed that uh, fall of junior year. You obviously had did have some bright spots. But it obviously wasn't the season we envisioned you having. A senior year, you battled through injury. You battled through a bunch of stuff. Mentally, you came back and you were down the stretch, the best pitcher on the, our team, arguably with Chase, arguably with me. But you were <laughs> definitely, you definitely brought the most energy to the mound. You, you were uh, like, what mentally did you do to like not let junior junior year happen again and like bounce back? Like, what mentally did that affect you and? How did yeah. you overcome that? I mean, I guess I realized that I was putting way too much pressure on myself. I thought that I had to be the best pitcher when I realized that, like, I I was the best pitcher. All I had Talent to do was just – by far, by far. Like, all, the only thing I had to do was just go out and play. And I was putting way too much pressure on myself junior year, and that caused some mental problems and, like, some mental blocks that definitely hurt me. And senior year, I came out, and I remember – after I hurt my ankle, probably came back a little too soon. I was talking to our athletic trainer here. On, and, on that really cold day in Louisville? Yeah, no. So I was talking to our athletic trainer, uh, Kaylee Shores here. And I showed her my injury, my ankle sprain. And she was like, so you were out for like five, six weeks, right? And I was like, no, I threw my first bullpen back 11 days later. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, what the and I, I was like, I don't know. I was just trying to throw so I remember after that game, I, I or after I came back and I, my ankle was still pretty messed up. There was no pain, but I really couldn't move it. And I had a horrible start to start the season. I remember thinking, I'm like, that's not who I am this year. Like, that's just not it. Like, I knew in myself, and probably no one else on the team thought that it was any different than the year before. But I knew to myself, I was like, I like that doesn't change anything for me. And it took me a little while to get past that ankle injury. I think the biggest thing that helped us was almost all those rainy days where we missed, we played like one game in 11 days. And that was honestly the best thing because it allowed my ankle to heal fully. And after that, I mean, it was just me showing who I actually was. And like our pitching coach has a great saying, like he doesn't expect you, uh, he doesn't expect you to be anything more than who you are on game day. Like on game day, all he wants you to be is he wants you to be yourself. And that like every time when you play, you are your ability minus your like distractions or like like when you play, 
what you show is your ability minus what is distracting you from being that. And that could be injuries, that could be mental things. And so really realizing that my ability was there and that I just had to cut out the distractions and just be myself was huge. Yeah. And then like you helped me, obviously I struggled with some, something very similar at the very beginning of my senior year. I like tried to be like a machine on the mound, which is completely not who I am. I try to like be like locked in quote unquote and like control everything when I'm obviously not. And when I like, obviously after that LT start that went horrible, Schultz talked to me, you talked to me, you guys brought my confidence back. You just be like, you just, you just gotta go. You just gotta, or like, you just, man, like you're, you're, you're more talented than last year. Like you just gotta go pitch and like yeah. be yourself out there. Like you just be like your normal, like happy, like uh, making people laugh. Uh, just, just be, just be, just be moody is what, is what you and Schultz. Yeah. Just, just be my normal, like my last name, just my personality, not the physical, like emotion. Yeah. Moody. yeah. I, yeah. I hope no one misinterpreted that, but just want to make that clear. Just like be myself. And then that's what it's saying. Uh, just play baseball and have some fun came in. And I pitched and the pitching socks were back too. Can't forget about those. Yeah. That's the, biggest I pitched thing. with like a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7 ERA the rest of the year after that. Yeah. I mean, I and think that was a big like thing. A, a 1.7. If you get rid of that Kentucky start. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing, just like realizing that I was good enough and just had to do it. Um, I was thinking of something. Well, you're probably. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I I do have a question. Regional finals, St. Charles East. Oh, is it top or bottom of the seventh? There was a bunt hit. I'm still mad at you for this. Dude, all right. So I said, like, this is. I still love it. I don't th- I don't know if I could catch that ball or not. This is this plate is a blur. I remember throwing the pitch. Once the ball hit the bat, I have no memory until I got the out. Like it's that's okay. for me right now. So first of all, I should have closed that game out. That was the cheapest hit I've ever seen in my life in the left field by that kid. Literally pretty much broke his bat and it landed down for a hit. So I should have closed that game out. Should have been a CG. Game should have been over. But Moody gets put in. First pitch, kid tries to bunt, pops it up. Moody gets right next to where the ball's going to land and then stops and, like, chops his feet and waits for it to drop and then picks it up and throws it to first instead of catching it and holding the guy at third. Dude, I don't think I could have caught it. I felt like I had to dive. I swear. (laughs) Dude, Willowbrook junior season. I don't remember. Willowbrook junior season, you know that I made that. I made an even harder play. That was in foul territory. Sure, I, that was a good play. You're also yeah. like a million times more athletic than me. But that was in foul territory. You're a PO by unfair. choice. You're not a PO by force. Like there's there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember what I was going to say earlier about like that mentality when pitching. Like not everybody's going to be able to be Max Scherzer. Like not everybody's going to be able to go out there and like pretty much mother everybody and just be like, I'm like so intense. Uh the way I think of it is just like be yourself. And then when you get in those intense moments, ride the adrenaline, like don't try and fight it. Don't try and be too calm. Don't try and be too intense. Just be yourself. And then when the adrenaline comes, cause it will come like first inning of the game. Like when I, I know that when I go out for um, my first game in the spring, I'm going to be amped up just cause from the adrenaline and I'm not going to fight it. You just got to be like, yeah, let's go. Like, 
this is it. But you just got to be yourself. And then like when you get in those middle innings, that's when you'll stay like kind of even keel is when you're being yourself. And then when you get into trouble, ride the adrenaline rush. And that's how I like kind of like to think of it because nobody's going to be able to, nobody can be Max Scherzer. Like that's not everybody's going to be able to do that. Yeah, I just um, just remember like it was yesterday. Uh, just riding that, riding that adrenaline, running out of the dugout, a beautiful Don Burns Field, Village Green too. Got shipped up to Boston, playing. Got uh, <laughs> once uh, once I get my warm ups done, uh, got a Nolan there at third base, just repeating my quote, just play baseball and have some fun. And yeah, yeah. like I, I do miss the high school days. Like, is there is there any any other takeaways from Glenbar West baseball? funny stories that you got off the top of your head and want to share with the Zoomer Sports radio listeners? Oh, let me think of anything you forgot to mention in the Obviously, article. Stuff, stuff in the blog would you mentioned, like Louisville was awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, besides like, besides the six mile hike, losing power. I didn't enjoy uh, the hike me being before, sick the uh, whole week. Oh, I dude, I forgot about losing power to write that in the blog. Holy cow. Yeah, we lost power our last night. How there. did I forget that? How did I forget yeah. that? I mean, his it was single with his uh his uh his uh spooky laugh there. <laughs> Louisville was fun because it was so shitty, but we were all in it together. Like I was sick the first two days, like wanted to puke my or no, it was the second two days I was sick and I just felt like shit. And but so did everybody. I had to eat Arby's right before, or you would, was it you or me? I had to eat Arby's right before. It was you. I had to eat the Arby's. Yeah. I, mean, we I had to eat after. Arby's right before I pitched. And then we didn't get dinner that night. And then uh, the power went out the last night that we were there. Like it was whoa, so whoa, whoa, shitty. Whoa, hold up. The first night that Texas Roadhouse hit hard. That was amazing. But I also that ate Texas way Roadhouse. too much. <laughs> dude, yeah, dude, Louisville was a fun trip. I wouldn't say it was like shitty, but like obviously. Everyone in our was... grade was down in Florida, like having yeah. like a good time. But like honestly, I wouldn't have traded those four days for a trip to Florida because no. I just had so much fun with the twenty-four guys on our team. Yeah, I mean it was like when I say it's shitty, I mean like it was like everybody else is in fucking Florida and we're here. But it was fun because we were all together, and that was the main thing. Yeah. And that's something we didn't really have on junior on the junior season was chemistry. Yeah, but I also think we didn't have that. We didn't have the spring training. Yeah, we also yeah we didn't like we could only see each other at practice like within what at practice or at our games, and like we were wearing masks in the building. Like I will say yeah like but like Schultz did a really good job for that senior team. We'll say that yeah. Any any other takeaways from West baseball? It, it was a it was a good time, it it was, it was, it was a great, great time. four months of baseball, and, it was. and I do miss it. But all right, Kyle, we got some rapid fire questions before we get to our final segment of okay. So we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. I got six questions for you here. Ready? Best cereal. Yep. Uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Really, not Lucky Charms. Uh, Lucky Charms is up there, but cinnamon toast right, crunch. Right. Favorite movie. Oh, nobody's gonna notice. Uh, end of Evangelion. It's an anime movie. What the movie. hell is that? It's an anime movie. Uh, okay, but, okay uh, give, a no- give, give a normal. Give a normal. Uh, 
I'll go Blade Runner 2049. All right, all right, good pick. Harrison Ford, gotta love it. All right, favorite yeah. Mr. Renfro lunch? Oh my god! Uh, I still, so anyone who's gotta be a steak. Know... It's gotta be a steak. No oh, steak. By far. His his no. His fajita tacos with the queso. All right, for anyone who doesn't know, Kyle, myself, Jack Carwell, and Caden Pierce, along with Jack Desmond and Ryan Renfro, the period before, uh, we'd 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 go and eat in Renfro's house. Mr. Renfro would cook us food. Let alone his son wasn't even in our lunch period. He was in the period before <laughs> us, but he would treat us like sons. And God, I, I miss Mr. Renfro. I miss those lunch days. Uh, yeah, the I can't wait to see pizzas. him. Oh dude, my God, dude, we I can't even think like, about that. We, dude, Caden, Jack, you and me, we single-handedly kept home running from going out of business by consuming like three frozen pizzas a day. Yeah, but I can also never eat a home running pizza ever again. Dude, it's... I really, I really want one so bad just for the nostalgia. I really, <laughs> I really do. When, yeah. When Thanksgiving break, when we're all at Ren- Renfro comes home for Thanksgiving break, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. I don't. I hope because uh, I know he's home right now. But uh, yeah. Uh, we're we're getting the gang back together at Renfro's house, and we're eating home run and pizza. That's what we're doing with, with we're Mr. Doing. Renfro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss Mr. Renfro. All right. Um, next question is favorite memory in Miss Cooper's class. These have uh, gotten a lot more personal ever since uh, they've got they get more personal down the list. Uh favorite memory of Miss Cooper's. This isn't even it's rapid got, fire anymore. This is slow motion. Yeah, it's not rapid fire anymore. I gotta think. Um, it's gotta be a Hurricane's hooky series. They're playing yeah. hooky. Yeah, that, you know, this is game that in class where like you would have like six rings and you had there was a giant like pegboard and you had to get the rings on the board and you had to get the numbers to add up to thirty one. Yeah. And it's, uh the series started like four to four, and then Caden won like seventeen in a row to close out the school <laughs> year. It was the most yeah. dominant stretch. Like Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, yeah. their stretches they they hold nothing to Caden Pierce's stretch yeah. and hooky. That's talk about sure. Michael Jordan's three peats, and then it's like Michael Jordan's three peats, Caden <laughs> Pierce and hooky, and then you got Michael Phelps. Like, I think it's that yeah, three. Like, That's the top three. <laughs> and then um. Favorite Rick Dezingle quote. Uh, oh, and 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 favorite commission memory two and one. Okay, favorite I, Rick I was, Dezingle I quote. I always gotta give a commission shout out. He, he called me the other day. He did. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah well, I, was it? We're, we're playing pickleball. It's gonna be him and Jack Carl versus <laughs> Nolan King and I. He's yeah, and I he's like. That. So we got that, and then he just called me yesterday to see how I was doing. So love commission. Oh, Pete Mistake. Yeah, commissions. He's a, he's a go. Um, all right, favorite quote. It's got to be the one he said the most. Buckle the chin strap, get the ball over the alumni stripe. That was kind of like the whole thing, like that we did this year. It's like it's gonna suck, but you just gotta buckle the chin strap and just push it over and do it. Regional finals today at ten. Be there. Time to buckle the chin strap. Let's go, baby. And that was kind of like our whole season. And then commish memory. Oh yeah, uh, it's got to be when we were playing EDM in the in a beaster in the gym, and he was dancing to it. It was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen ever. That's on you guys, not me. Hey, you know what? I got to get back to work. Mm-hmm. I- 
during like the wiffle ball games. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I I I'm, I miss commission. Missed a single. All right. Now this is now this is the new or not. We're bringing back an old segment of Zoomer Sports here. We've got a top five draft, top five college baseball uniforms. Kyle, I'm giving you the first pick. You know, I got to go with the UCF Citronaut jerseys. I mean, like, their jerseys are just legit. Um, they're blackout with some uh, kind of like baby blue coloring. They call a space U for a reason, and I think it's a really sick jersey. I personally have not seen them, so I, I can't say, but – um. I'm sticking in like the same boat sort of here. It's my number one pick of like, just like being like, just being a homer here, but I'm going with the, the Clemson white uniforms. The one I'm wearing oh, right now, it's clean. I'm no. wearing Caden Grice jersey right now, but the, the Clemson white uniforms are so clean. The orange and the purple and the tigers with the underline mix so well, but I, I love this Clemson jerseys. All right. I'm going to go with the classic for my second round pick. I got to go with the Ole Miss Powder Blues. Uh, Damn, I have very similar jerseys. I have very similar pick. jerseys. Yeah. Are you going to go any more about it? Oh, just... I mean, I, I like their jerseys a lot. I have very similar jerseys for my travel team, so I like them. All right, yeah. So uh, that, was, that was my for sure number two. Now I feel like, I feel like the board is wide open right after you take it Ole is. Miss. But, like, I feel like I'm just going to go with uh, – I'm going to get the, the Tar Heel uh, Blues. I'm going to get the oh, – I'm going yeah, with the Powder good. Blue North Carolinas because, like, I'm thinking you can't be you can't be too heavy on the Powder Blues for you uh, for your top five, but you got to have one. And if yeah. Ole Miss isn't there, I'm taking you. I'm taking UNCs. It's yeah, by far, it's clean. It. It's, I, I really pick. like that pick number two. You're, all right, you're up. I'm going to go with, like, the Vandy pinstripes. I mean, it's classic. It kind of got, like, the New York Yankees feel where it's, like, storied team who always wins. Um, and even though I hate the Yankees, I still kind of have to respect that, and I think those jerseys are so clean. All right. Like, my, I, I have a bone to pick with those Vandy uniforms. I think they're – is it the black with the white pinstripe ones? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're a little too much. I really do. Oh come on! I think they're a little too much, because I mean, like, I just, I feel like they have two, maybe three uniforms that are cleaner than that. I don't think so. I think and those I'm, are the classic. And I'm taking one of them here. I'm taking the, uh, the white van, their Vandy home uniforms, white with the gold Vanderbilt right there. Oh no, that is so much worse. No, no. Those are clean. The, is, it, is, it, is it white or black lettering? I'm trying to remember. Is it the cream or the white? I'm trying to think of it. But I'm taking those ones. Okay. I, I really like that jersey. Fourth All right. Who do I we want? We both have fourth? three slot. Yeah, fourth, fourth Um. What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? I'm between like two or three. Um. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the Notre Dame Navy Blues. I think those are so sick. Um, they beat Tennessee in them this year. Big, one of the biggest upsets of the year. Um, and I think those jerseys are just so sick. I think it's so different than what any other team does. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it makes sense. I will say you don't have a single white uniform or like home uniform on your list. So you might want that just to diversify it for the fifth pick. Yeah. All right. So, and I, on the other hand, 
only have I have one powder blue. I have two whites, so I definitely need to go with like an alternate here. I'm in between two, but like I think like this one I'm gonna go with is iconic in the baseball world, and because of that, it carries it a far away. I don't really necessarily like this school because they beat my Clemson Tigers in football a couple years ago in national championship. I'm going with the LSU Golds. I feel that, like yeah, those are there. It's worthy of being mentioned here, but like it's definitely not a one. It's not a uh, oh round one, round two pick, but like it's got to be on your list. It's it's like your glue guy. You you need the LSU gold on your. I mean, there's a reason it's called championship gold. Like exactly, I mean, like yeah. you gotta like they're 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 day in day out grinder you know what you're gonna get from this guy that's the lsu golds yeah i think i'm looking at some photos right now i'm between two i'm gonna go with for my last pick uh this is another classic uniform one of the biggest schools in the country uh it's got to be the texas whites they're just so clean that was that was my fifth pick uh i think it's a like a classic team and i think uh that kind of maroonish orange is really sick. I think it works well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's Texas is a classic uh, baseball school. Um, it's a very well known, like that Longhorn logo with that just that yeah. that burnt orange they got in that white. It's a phenomenal jersey. I was gonna take it. Maybe should have went with it. I should have been smart and known you only had one white left and should have gone white with the fourth pick instead of the LSU gold. But yeah, I, I wanted it like. Good friend of the program, guy I've had on the show, Mark Payton. Uh, he went to Texas. He rocked those. So he's yeah. going to be on your graphic, but fortunately can't get him. But, like, shout out Mark Payton for those Texas uniforms. So, And then I got to go – I got to get a pinstripe on mine. I don't have a single pinstripe, so I got to go with the Mississippi State. Uh, just recently won the national championship. Uh, was it yeah, 2021. Yeah. And those uniforms they got, they're, they're clean. Love the pinstripes. Uh could have gone Arkansas pinstripes. Could have gone UCLA pinstripes. Could have gone Virginia white, but I, I yeah. like having Mississippi State here. Just like a known baseball school back back to the days of Will Clark and Rafael Palmeros. So yeah, I'm happy Mississippi State there at the fifth pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Can't go wrong with Mississippi State. Got a big history. We're gonna put a poll on the Instagram story here, and we're gonna see whose list wins better. So, anyways, uh, this is gonna be toward. This is gonna be the end of the episode, Kyle. Um, let's like uh, link your uh, plug your links uh, for socials and stuff. Help us make an NIL deal. Yeah, uh, my Instagram is Kyle Rossi two. Uh, my TikTok is K Rossi two R O S S Y for both. Um, Twitter is K Rossi six, and I mean that's pretty much it. Uh, I've really enjoyed being on the show. And you, as you know, you can follow me anywhere at zoomer.sports, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You can also follow Andrew Moody, myself, if you are so inclined to. But, Kyle, this was a great time talking to you. Uh, I, we, haven't actually, we haven't spoke in, like, person, like, over FaceTime since maybe, like, one of the first weekends being back at school for the first time. That's another yeah. thing. We were both here in the summer, so we, we've experienced that uh, more of – being away from home and like I missed you man so I appreciate you coming yeah, on and uh of course joining the show and I, I hope you had a good time man uh yeah uh it was a good time and I can't wait to be back oh yeah Thanksgiving breaks gonna be so much fun all right guys thank you for listening to Zoomer Sports Radio thank you to Kyle for coming on we'll see you guys later and this is gonna wrap it up for episode 48 I'll see y'all later